Ladies and gentlemen, wrestling fans all around the world, we are back for Wrestling Travel Podcast, episode 15. Uh, what a milestone, actually, episode 15, nearly at the... Uh, the two zero coming soon. Um, but my name is Danny, of course, from Wrestling Travel. I'm being joined today by our US representative and, of course, host or main host now of the lockdown sessions, Justin Clapper. And we're also joined by True Heel Heat and Sports Keeters SP3. SP3, how have you been keeping recently? I've been good. I've been uh, struggling with sleep as the G1 Climax uh, comes near an end, waking up in the morning at 4 a.m., 5 a.m., but I am doing good. No, that's great to hear. And Justin, how have you been keeping recently? Hey, doing really well. There is a new kid on the block hosting lockdown sessions. And uh, Danny, how's it been going hosting the lockdowns? Yeah, it's been very interesting indeed getting some of our uh, our UK guys on there. But no, it's been all good fun so far. Obviously, took a few tips from uh, from yourself there, but uh, but no, it's been great fun and uh, great having a lot of those uh, those guys and gals on at the moment. But um, yeah, don't take too many tips from me. I mean, you want to be good. Yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah, I've been uh, been studying SP3's videos as well, probably more than more than yours there. So yeah, but uh, but no, yeah, it's really indeed. Um, but first of all, we want to wish John Cena a congratulations. Uh, now uh, recently married, uh, we did see his uh, his wedding. Uh, well, not his wedding photo, but a photo of the uh, the happy couple. Obviously, we couldn't see John Cena on the photo, but of course we. Uh, we knew he was there. Uh, we knew he was there in that. But uh, a big congratulations from all of us at uh, at Wrestling Travel. But we do have some breaking news to bring you to kick off this episode fifteen. It has just been announced that Bailey is the PWI number one women's wrestler in the world. What a fantastic! achievement that is for Bailey SP3 um come to you first what are your thoughts on that uh, that big announcement there uh well well deserved first of all I want to say thank you guys for having me once again I love this podcast so I love being on here but uh, as far as Bailey being number one on the PWI is well deserved um she's won 365 days plus as the Smackdown Women's Champion uh, set the record for most combined days as her two reigns is over 500 days now. It's it's quite an amazing run for – I'm a person that's been a Bailey fan since her time in NXT. And to see the growth that she's made since that period, it's been, it's been quite remarkable to kind of see over the past couple of years. Like I said, I think I said this on True Hill Heat. I don't know if I said this before with you guys, but Bailey's character arc, it's so amazing that it's basically – is basically um, uh, every person's character arc. She started off as this, you know, lovable kid in NXT. She was just a wrestling fan, just happy to be there. Then she she got confidence. She started going out on her own. She won the NXT Women's Championship. It's like when you get your first job, like uh, delivering papers around the neighborhood. And then she she came she came to the main roster. It was like 
going to high school and she had her awkward moments. She had a couple of achievements, but she never got her solid footing. And now she's just the annoying teenager. She's the valedictorian who just brags about everything. She's a role model. She she's just has a great character arc. And that's why she is well-deserved as the number one women's wrestler in the world. Yeah, no, fantastic indeed. Um, and some fantastic, uh, Analysis there as well, just obviously going through the years of, of Bailey's career in NXT WWE so far. And um, Justin, I believe you do have the top 10 with you there at this moment in time. Would you be so kindly enough to read that out for myself and, and SP3 and obviously everybody watching uh, so we know who is in that top 10? I've got the top 100. I've actually got the top 20 in front of me. But, you know, thank you for having So. So here's my question as we go through the top 10, top 20. Um, if we went back in time and um, Becky Lynch um, is not with child and Tessa Blanchard and Impact don't have their falling out, how would this list change? That's questions to kind of uh, – peruse as i go through this now sp3 i fully expect that you will be very helpful on some japanese names and not make fun of me like the rest of the people watching will but here we go uh i'll start from number 20 Brilliant. and work our way up the ladder number 20 nikki cross 19 kylie ray 18 kaylee ray Nice. 17 Kai not no I'm just kidding um, 17 Taya Valkyrie 16 is Nyla Rose 15 Kimberly 14 is former lockdown session alumni Thunder Rosa 13 I, I do want to mention I, I just interviewed Thunder Rosa so yes she's not only on lockdown session it's also going to be on True Hill Heat as well True Hill Heat that's awesome when is that coming up <laughs> Uh, that's going to be out probably this weekend or early next week. Awesome. Something to look forward to. That's great. Um, 13 is Shayna Baszler. 12 is Jordan Grace. 11, Rhea Ripley. Top 10, SB3, this is where I need your help. <laughs> Mayu Iwatani? Mayu Atawani, yes. All right. Io Shirai? I got that one. <laughs> Riho? Number uh, Rio is eight. Um, seven is Tessa Blanchard. Six is Hikaru Shida. Yes. Five is Sasha Banks. Four is Charlotte Flair. Three is Asuka. Two is Becky Lynch. And number one, as mentioned earlier, Bailey. Which again, so your top Bailey, Becky, Asuka, Charlotte. Five is Sasha. Shida is six. Seven, Tessa. Eight, Riho, nine, Io Shirai, and ten, Iwatani, which again begs my question with the intergender thing, with Tessa being the Impact World Champion, and obviously Becky Lynch is dominance. If things are changed only slightly, the only change I'm going to say is that these two stayed wrestling um, throughout this entire time period. I got. I mean, even with that, I got to say Tessa's a little bit low. 
I would say the person that I feel was the lowest would be Io Shirai. I, I felt like Io Shirai, she had the best women's matchup of uh, last year, which fits into the time period because a lot of people get confused with the PWI. It's basically from July to July. So July 2019 to July of 2020. August of 2019, Io Shirai had the best women's matchup in probably North America, not just the WWE, against Candice LeRae at TakeOver Toronto. She won the NXT Women's Championship at in your at TakeOver In Your House, and she's held on to that title until now. I mean, a lot of it, you know, the last couple of months is not included in the PWI, but she's put on quality performances. She, I considered her one of the best women's wrestlers or wrestlers regardless of gender, for the last couple of years, not just the last year, but I feel like she's a little low at number nine. And I'm just going to update you on Pro Wrestling Illustrated. The evaluation period, I'm just reading this now, for this list, the top women's 100, October 1st, 2019, mm -hmm. through September 30th of 2020. We have given would, special consideration... The men the men's uh 500 so my my apologies <laughs> no no you're fine i i assume that there were i'm not trying to correct you i'm just looking this up because the my, my next point is bigger they have given special consideration to the momentum athletes had prior to the covid shutdown okay and here's their criteria championships one quality of opposition technical proficiency win loss records Overall activity, which obviously that's the one that's going to be a little bit with the COVID, momentum slash promotional push. So, I mean, that, I guess it makes perfect sense that under that criteria that um, the momentum and promotional push that, that, that Tess is down a little bit. But how long has Charlotte been out since WrestleMania? Not that not that much after she was like they yeah I think probably before like backlash she was out of commission I don't think she even performed at uh, Money in the Bank so she's she's been out for for a little bit but in that time period she's won the World Rumble she was the NXT uh, Women's Champion so her being in the top five does make sense to me and that's what I like about these lists is obviously. Um, they create a little bit of controversy and a lot of conversation about the athletes in them. So I understand that this is not like uh, it's pro wrestling illustrated, but just like the men's, you know, especially on the independence, you're submitting your application. Some people don't do that. Some people believe in differently. Um, uh, but I gotta, if, if I'm going on that criteria, then I guess, you know, with her being injured for a quite a, a long time during this because i love charlotte flair and she deserves to be higher but based on her inactivity you know on a normal year it would have been like hey she's been out or she would have got that not listed due to uh, inactivity but i i just tessa blanchard at seven i think it'd be a little higher um yeah what do you think danny Let's get your opinion. <laughs> uh, well, going back to what you were saying about, obviously, Becky and Tessa, obviously things haven't happened in that uh, in that regard. I think it probably would have changed a little bit more. 
um, in terms of obviously those being a lot higher, maybe even going for that top uh, that top spot. But um, I mean, overall, the right person, Bailey at the top, yeah, one hundred percent. Um, with everything that she's done this past year, obviously the records and the championship days that she's had and all the wins that she's had. Um, but I mean, your point there about Charlotte Flair, Justin, were you trying to say that she should have been a bit further down the list or further up the list? Yeah, due to injury only. And then if we go, if, if their criteria are championships won and promotional push, that's kind of two different. Because look at Asuka. If Becky Lynch is still here, um, you know, I don't know who would have taken her title if they would have kept it on her due to um, the virus and stuff like that. But Asuka technically technically wins a match, the the money in the bank, but is handed the title, not knowing the no. outcome. She's pretty high on there for that. I mean, and and obviously we blur the lines here. Wrestling travel and true heel heat. We know we're we're talking kayfabe and sometimes something like this where I'm like, if I take it as a shoot in that kayfabe land, then Oscar's you know, she won a match. But how do you how would you rate that? I, I, I struggle with that. She won the Money in the Bank match, so technically she wasn't handed the title. She doesn't. She knows the Money in the Bank is for a shot at the title. Then she is handed the title. Um, obviously Rio got quite a push, um, but you know, Tessa, you know, taking the title off of Sammy Callahan and competing with the men, if that would have kept up, yeah. um, and she had, um, not had the falling out, whatever happened with impact, um, you know, top 10. Yeah. But yeah, I would think on a normal year, Charlotte gets hurt. Now she's not getting pushed. She's inactive. But it doesn't take away from the fact that if she was there, she would have been pushed. But we have to draw the line somewhere. That's that's my point. Where where is that line drawn? I, I think it's you I think it's it's wrong to kind of look at Charlotte and be like, she got hurt, so she should be further down the list. While Becky, you know, she got pregnant and now she's gone. You got to kind of look at it the same. It's pretty much the same. These are situations that are more or less in or out of their control. Like with, with Charlotte, the injury is out of her control. With Becky, she made a choice. In my like, it's kind of you kind of have to kind of look at it at the at, on the same level playing field. If you're going to lower Charlotte, you got to lower Becky as well. Because I, honestly, like I said, Io Shirai, I would put her in my in my top five. Uh, Tessa Blanchard, that that one is a, is kind of like more, even more than Becky, even more than Becky. This was her under her control. She could have, she could have, you know, sent the the promos to Impact, and then we would be having a whole different uh, discussion. She made a choice. She made a choice for her career and herself that she wanted to get married, you know. And I, I'm all I'm all for her making that decision. I agree with you. She was getting a big push in Impact Wrestling, but I think. Seven is the right place for where she was prior to this whole uh, this whole pandemic because we we don't know what would have happened uh, if she would have if this pandemic didn't happen when she would have lost the Impact World Championship. So I think being in the top ten is 
is a, is a privilege. It's an honor. And I think that she is well-deserved of the spot. I think that's the perfect spot for her. As far as like Io Shirai, especially with, with you telling me that the, the timeline is different from October 1st to September 30th, then yeah, Io Shirai should be way higher on this list. Like she's putting out bangers every single takeover. She's putting out bangers on regular TV against Shasi Blackheart. She's the NXT Women's Champion. Um, she's getting a big push in NXT, who has the best women's division, bar none, in North America. Then Io Shirai should be way up that list. Well, let me ask you this. Let me just keep arguing with everybody, because that's obviously what I'm going to do today. <laughs> um, Rio, no, I mean, the the light champion, light heavyweight champion over there in AEW. Um, let's talk about her being, what is she rated here? Um, Eight. She's number no. eight, but I want to talk about people just outside the top ten. If we're talking that timeline, um, number eleven is Rhea Ripley. I mean, she is the NXT champion up through WrestleMania. She has a hell of a match with Charlotte. Then they kind of yeah. drop off with her. But how about Jordan Grace? I, you know, Jordan I, I, Grace I, I would I would leave out that kinda. She had a huge drop off. If there if, if anybody in the WWE that they dropped the ball with, it's Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley had star written all over her, and they basically they basically gave her a huge opportunity at WrestleMania. She had a great match with Charlotte Flair, but they sacrificed her push for Charlotte Flair, who's now a 12-time women's champion. Like there was no reason to sacrifice the 23-year-old megastar that they had in the making, the woman that defeated the probably behind Asuka, the most dominant NXT women's champion in history in Shayna Baszler, two the only two-time NXT women's champion. She had that big win at the end of 2019. It looked like she was on the cuffs of really cementing herself with this NXT women's title reign and they just sacrificed it to give Charlotte another run. And it was it was under the assumption that they were putting Charlotte on NXT to kind of boost up NXT in this uh Wednesday night wars. And then Charlotte was on every other show except for NXT. So it's like in retrospect, this was not the best move. So I I think she's another one where she's in that right spot. Right outside the top 10 is perfect for where she was prior to WrestleMania, she had a big push. But after WrestleMania, they completely dropped the ball here. The one person I would say outside of the top 10, and no, I'm not being biased, and I know you guys wouldn't be biased either. I know you've had her on lockdown sessions. Like I said, I just interviewed her this week, but Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa mm -hmm. won the, the NWA World's Women's Championship in January, she's had a she's had a good run with it. She's defending the title in different promotions. She's got her own promotion. As far as impact on the industry, her making it a promotion that's dedicated to women's wrestling is so surpassed so many women that are that are ahead of her. I think she deserves to be in the top ten. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. agree. She's she's out, the, the fact that she's running around like Jerry Lawler. AWA World Champion circa 1988 and defending it in other promotions and doing whatever you can. My my hat is off to her, and she's she's just such a great person as well. But uh, interesting names. Um, what are your opinions? Alexa Bliss coming in at number 27. I think that's good. Go ahead, Danny. Yeah, I was going to say maybe that's a bit too high for this sort of time period. 
And Nikki Cross is coming in at 20 for tag yeah. partner. Yeah, that's worth it. Lacey Evans, number 43. Just, just going through Penelope Ford at number 48. If any of these we want to touch on, uh, let me know. Nia Jax in at number 69. I mean, is that high or low? <laughs> and I, I didn't see the number was not on purpose. I was just, that's what it is. <laughs> Yeah. I, I think Naya's where she where she should be. Candice is at number thirty-four. Um Lufisto at number thirty-five. She's a cool girl. Um Liv Morgan at eighty-four. I mean, again, it's subjective to how many of these independent women, you know, submit to the list, or maybe they don't have to because there's not as many out there. Kyrie Sane at number 21. Is Dionne on there? What's she coming in at on that one? Diana Perrazzo at number 30. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, it's interesting. I love it because now we get to kind of pick this apart for the next few months and pro wrestling illustrated announcing a few weeks ago that they're going to do the top 50 tag teams how in the hell are they going to do that i don't think i can name 20 tag teams that are going on right now unless you count like the hey we're just going to throw cesaro and uh, nakamura together and this and that in this age of i mean they're going to be on there but in this age of where it seems like nobody's really pushing tag team wrestling what do you, do you even um aew which i know you guys are both gonna jump and say that's the promotion promoting tag team wrestling but is it really with omega yeah, and Hang yeah. omega and hangman page yes that's yeah, tag I, team. I, hey i've seen many great tag teams based on two single guys coming together and not only yeah, are they two singles guys that came together and made a great tag team. It's one of the best storylines in the business today. And even Pause, in, even in name <laughs> name me. I know we're getting on each other's nerves, and I love it. But name no them, name them, name me those brothers, two single wrestlers that made a great tag team. Brothers of Destruction, the Rock and Sock Connection. Um, I'm just I'm just going off the cuff of my my WWE history. Uh, Sting and Lex Luger in WCW. Um, Rick Rick Flair and Arn Anderson for a time in uh, the NWA and WCW. Uh, Rob Van Dam and Sabu in ECW. R Ring of Honor, Austin Aries and Roderick Strong. Uh, the Kings of Wrestling, uh, Cesaro and Chris Hero when they were in when they were in Ring of Honor. The Kings of Wrestling was one of the best tag teams in the business in 2010. Uh, and that's that's just off the cuff, and you putting me on the spot. That I just I probably named a top ten of singles guys together and Omega and Paige they were better than most tag teams in the business and I'm not just picking on WWE because they like to break up every single tag team that they put together but I'm talking about NWA Ring of Honor you, I would put Omega and Paige against any of their best tag teams 
in the business today, and they had a hell of a run, seven months as AEW Tag Team Champions, and put on quite possibly the greatest tag team matchup in modern in modern history with the Young Bucks at AEW Revolution. They had great matches on AEW Dynamite against the Lucha Bros, Dark Order, Private Party. The list goes on and on. And I was gonna say you can't name twenty tag teams in uh, in the business that you're not watching AEW because AEW got twenty tag teams to to begin with. <laughs> Well, first of all, let me say this. I object to the fact that you're the guest star and Danny here is shaking his head in agreement with everything you say. Now, now <laughs> let me put you on the spot one more time, SP3. Yep. Right now, if it came out today, give me the top five tag teams that you think that PWI would have. Are we going by the same? Um, Let's same go date? the same year, like from October to September or whatever, October, October. In no particular I'm... order, in no particular order, because I, I don't want to put myself too much on the spot. Um, I would say Omega and Paige, uh, the Young Bucks, FDR, the North, and the Lucha Bros. Okay. And then here's the thing, FTR, here's where we get, we're going to argue this next month when this comes out, because I'm like, for the majority of the part, FTR is on WWE not doing a whole lot, kind of spinning the wheels. And now they, they come over and win, win the titles and stuff. I mean, not spinning the wheels, but you know what I mean? They were hesitant to, like they had a, a gem in their hands and they almost had like, here, take the belts and then we're going to give you a push. But now we're going to dress you up in bow ties and fedoras or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, that's a cool. What, what's your top five there, Danny? Don't put me on the spot now, JC. Jeez. But like, what about these, uh, uh, you know, when we're talking about like the Undisputed Era, uh, some of these NXT, and then I don't even know, Danny, who are the NXT UK champions? I believe it's still the. Gallus, yeah, the uh, Imperium, isn't it? No, uh, Gallus. It's uh, okay. Wolf, Wolf, Wolfgang, and um, yeah, Mark right, right. Yep. I yeah. would say, I would say, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna, if I would redo my list, I'm basing yeah. it on the in the ring. But you, you did say that they have like their own certain criteria when it comes to promoting and pushing. I think I would take the Lucha Bros out of there because they haven't got that big of a push in AEW. Um, I would probably take maybe the Young Bucks, even though I, I feel like the Young Bucks are right up there with anybody in the world. I think they're the best tag team of the last decade, but they haven't got that big push because they want to, you know, take care of everybody else in AEW. So I would take those two teams out and I would put in Undisputed Era and the Street Profits. The Street Profits are the longest reigning Raw tag team champions in history. I, I, I hope Danny probably will make this a subject on this show about them uh, now the SmackDown Tag Team Champions and how that came to transpire, but that's a whole different story. But the Street Profits have definitely got a big push in WWE. One thing I want to get in before we let Danny have his show back is one of the, you know, <laughs> SP3, you know I love you, but I love you even more because – you put in one of my favorite tag teams currently, the North. 
And, and then I would be uh, one of the other ones I would add just because of how much I love his work, uh, Alex Shelley, but uh, I put the Motor City Machine Guns um, in there just solely based on the, the love of pure wrestling that Alex Shelley has. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to argue about that one. I like that we got into a little pre-argument before the list is even out. This is why I love the show. Awesome. Yeah, fantastic. Can I get my show back now, then? Just gonna go That's all yours. Sorry. Fantastic. Yeah, we have got a Facebook comment, actually, in regards to the uh, the women's PWI um, from Joe Nagy. I hope I've spelled that, or Nagy. I hope I've said that correctly. Um, so Alexa Bliss is a good ranking, but if she has more matches now, with uh, her being paired with the Fiend, she can have a long problem getting to the top 20 quickly for next time. Um, I can certainly agree with that. And obviously, Lacey is ranked in the 40s only because of the amount of televised matches she's had, which has been few. Um, but yeah, I, I can certainly agree with the Alexa Bliss one. Justin, what, what would you think about that with her? Obviously, in this program now, obviously, she's going to get more, more action, maybe, you know, opportunities uh, moving forward yeah she definitely should get a bigger push as long as they don't keep her as like the sidekick but let her pursue the titles that she needs to where i'm just in sb3 and danny you guys got better memories than i do um i am a huge nikki cross fan i think she's outstanding but from this rating period what were the titles held by nikki versus alexa like i'm just 2020 is a blur to me i'm going to be real honest with you it's been hard to keep up with wrestling not like sp3 like i said before on your podcast you're you're not a man you're not a machine you're somewhere in between because you're doing it all you got everything going on you keep track of everything and you gotta you gotta mind like a steel trap and i love it but what are in if october to september Obviously, they were the tag team champions. But did Alexa have a belt at all anywhere between October and I can't even remember a singles title? No, I don't think either one of them had singles titles. But I think that the reason why uh, Nikki is a little bit ahead of Alexa is you can kind of you kind of saw with the push that uh, the the two ladies was getting. It was more tethered to elevating Nikki Cross. Because Alexa Bliss was already there. Alexa Bliss is—I think she was the first woman to be the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships to win both titles. So she's already been there. She's been there since 2017, 2016. So it's—it was more about elevating Nikki Cross. She was the one that got all the shots at Bailey. She lost all of them, but she did get those opportunities and she did get big wins. And the push was more tethered to elevating Nikki. Like I said, it's a blur to me because there have been times when I couldn't even watch because we were all sitting in this lockdown. Uh, Watching the lockdown. Yeah. But Joe Nagy, if that's if I remember the name, this is cool, man. I'm loving that. I would love to hear more fans' comments on here just to get us talking about stuff. But, yeah, that's good point. Yeah, no, anyone who is watching or joins us at any point, um, of course, feel free to comment, ask any questions, join in with the uh, discussions, and we'll certainly get you involved um, with uh, what 
uh, we're discussing on the podcast. But 30 minutes of the PWI there, not bad at all um, to start off this week's episode 15. But this discussion may take even longer. Hopefully not. Uh, it's the thoughts on the WWE draft. I'm going to start with SP3 and talk about the swapping of the tag team title belts. And he's very keen to discuss exactly what happened there. Uh, so, so the I, I would say the most controversial move of the WWE draft had to be Raw and the 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 fine executives at USA picking the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, and not Big E, to let uh, SmackDown and Fox pick Big E as the following pick, basically separating and splitting up the New Day. And on, on Raw, we saw the Street Profits uh, in the first round, which was very good for them. I remember, I think, Last year's draft, they were like a last-round pick. So to go from the last round to the first round, definitely an elevation for them. But that brought uh, the Street Profits over to SmackDown. So Adam Pearce did a segment on Raw where he said, we can't have the Raw Tag Team Champions on SmackDown. And we can't have the SmackDown Tag Team Champions on Raw. So swap titles. No hand sanitizer exchange. No cleaning of the belts. They just swap titles to have the color appropriate for the show they are now on. I was so done with this segment. I was just like, you, WWE, you don't think about all these Wikipedia updaters that now have to <laughs> track the lineage of these titles and explain that the Street Profits went from Raw, the longest reigning Raw Tag Team Champions to SmackDown Tag Team Champions by via swap. <laughs> that was just ridiculous. Yeah, I can't understand for the life of me how that decision <clears throat> came to be to obviously ruin the whole longest reigning champions and just, yeah, absolutely baffling. But Justin, what, what was your take on that? I, yeah. <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> I, I get so, I mean, what I get ticked off about is we're going to do the draft but we have to draft we're going to draft a tag team together but we're going to take retribution as a whole but we're going to we're going to cherry pick here and just pick uh biggie's going to go over here and these guys i mean i'd like some consistency in my entertainment like it's just uh, you know and like you said you're well on your, you're already the longest reigning Raw champions, and now it's just over. Uh, yes, I know results are predetermined, but it's just over via this way. It just, it just seems like to me that you can, we've got time to think this stuff out. We can do better. Exactly. It's just, exactly. we just, well, we can't really write ourselves out of this hole. So, to switch the titles it just lacks a little bit of of creativity how would i have done it i don't know i don't work for them i just expect a little bit more from the creative department over there why i've been burned in the past but it just seems to me that there's a lot of things get left on the table when they do stuff like this 
Yeah, SP3. Obviously, with how, obviously, with both of them swapping brands, is, is there any, Justin said there, he wasn't sure how he would have done it. Is there any thoughts that you have got about how you would have done that sort of uh, swap? I mean, I, I, I think they just booked themselves into a hole with this whole uh, picking. I mean, I, I see that they probably want to push Big E on SmackDown. Okay, yeah. But I just don't see the logic in Raw picking Xavier and Kofi and not Big E first. I mean, uh, all three in the New Day first. I don't see the logic in why they couldn't pick all three of them together first. Like if you're gonna if you were gonna do it this way, first of all, I would have SmackDown pick Big E before, you know, Raw picks Xavier and Kofi. This way they can explain, oh, they they just wanted Big E. They see Big E as a future main event or a future star. So that was the first thing I would have changed. Now that you already have New Day on Raw, the Street Profits, you know, you're gonna go to to SmackDown maybe have like a a a four-way honestly i i was i said this i was on um alex mccarthy's uh radio show talk wrestling in the uk and i said i would have just combined the titles i i i i think that the women's tag team titles have shown that you can you can elevate two people by being champions across all three brands that that was probably the peak of bailey and sasha banks why those two ladies are in the top five of the PWI was mainly because of their women's tag team title run where they were going across all three brands and being the highlight of every single show. If you did that for the tag team titles, you elevate the, the tag team titles. I don't see the point of having two separate titles when there's not even enough teams on one brand at the time. They break up teams all the time. They make up random teams all the time. I just would have combined both titles for a little bit. Maybe you can break it off in the future, have a tournament for one title afterwards. Who knows? But for a little bit, I think that the right move should have been to combine both titles and elevate the tag team division overall. Because I think combined with NXT, there's not that many tag teams to begin with. No, definitely. And Justin, I believe you had a point there. No, I don't have a point. All of a sudden, I have an idea. Thanks Ooh. to giving some time. Here's what I would have done. Well, a couple points here. <laughs> I would have just said the champions are off limits. They're not draftable. Yeah. You know, everybody's got to stay where they are. And do you remember years back? I remember watching it when I was in Pennsylvania. Cena got drafted to, like, SmackDown, and then two picks later or whatever, they drafted him back. You know, that was, that, that was ridiculous. But here's what I would do. This is my application for WWE Creative, and I'm going to listen to the, the sigh across the Internet as everybody goes, that's the stupidest idea ever, or everybody knows that. Why not once a year have SmackDown and Raw? You give them, I don't know, five or eight picks each or ten picks. They get to pick from NXT. NXT UK, their developmental areas, and they get to do draft picks. Maybe it's, I mean, that's a lot to bring up at a time. Maybe give them three to five. They get to pick a woman, they get to pick a singles, and they get to pick a tag team. That's the freaking draft right there. And now we're 
developing stars. We're, we're using developmental to what it is. Uh, you know, I know they got um, Evolve and all these other things. They can start bringing these people up. But then it's a true draft in the in the sporting sense of the world. We're bringing um, talent that maybe not everybody has had their eyes on, which is different now because NXT is on USA. But let's bring these guys up from developmental. And then people at developmental, the NXT, NXT UKs, they're fighting to get into, hey, if you win this Battle Royal, son, or this match is a tournament, so now you're draft eligible. And now I can use that storyline twice. I can use it on developmental. I can use it on the, the main rosters where, okay, you know, hey, we're looking at what, let's, let's go back and look at NXT last week. We're on Raw right now, let's say, and here's what's happened in the draft eligible tournament right now, you know what we have. So we've got a few guys draft eligible and then we can argue, go, Hey, there was freaking four single stars eligible for the draft and Ron Smackdown didn't take Joe Schmo. What the F is going on with that? You know what I mean? You could have that one little tiny idea expands to all brands right there. I mean, and I'm obviously not the first guy everything if i am congratulations to me but uh <laughs> why don't they do that no i mean it's uh an innovative way to do it i suppose it's uh you know i don't know just they they just don't seem sometimes to think outside of their own little bubble their little box and just it's go not it's not even really thinking outside the box. Maybe they just look at it and go, that makes too much sense in the sporting world. Let's try to do something a little more creative and you shoot yourself in the foot. Or if you just did something basic and simple, I would rather get trashed if I were them for doing something like I just said that kind of makes sense in the sporting world. Um, because you look at we're on Fox and you look at when AEW went to TNT not to bring them into it, but it was supposed to bring a more believable sports orientated pro wrestling to the masses. Um, and then if I get slammed for doing a draft like that, then I can go, Hey, we're doing it just like the NFL would. We're doing it just like the NBA would, you know, what would you like us to do? Then we can start going exploring oddball stuff, like only drafting half a tag team. I mean, I don't know. SP three. I just want to, Either hear what you have to say or argue with you one more time because I just freaking love it, man. What do you think? I, I like I like Danny's idea about you know uh, keeping the champions. Like each brand gets to keep their their champions because I don't get the the number one overall picks for both brands being the champions they already had. Like that was just really anticlimactic on uh, SmackDown. Like, I, I want to see, I, I think, yeah, you should probably have, like, five or six picks for each brand that are off-limits. Like, off-limits type of, whether that be the champions or not, that should should be. As for your idea, I, I like it a lot. But like you said as well, it, it makes too much sense for WWE to do it. It just, <laughs> that's too sports-oriented, and WWE is so far gone from being sports-oriented that I don't see it happening. 
Here's where AEW can win me over finally. Because AEW, when they're doing AEW Dark, they're giving so many people on the independent scenes uh, a chance. Why not? They're gonna sign some of these indie guys anyway. Why don't they? And it doesn't. They're not even copying WWE because they're copying major brand sports. Why don't they do like an indie league draft? Why don't they? Um, then they can go. Hey, we try them out on dark. You know, once a year or whatever, whatever. Hey, we've drafted Benjamin Carter. We, you know, I, I think that the they they feed into and the fans do a lot of comparing them to WWE. And the minute that the word draft is a part, oh, you guys are just ripping off WWE again. That tribalism that we've talked about before just is going to come into play that they can't even, they can't do anything like that. They just need to keep how they're doing. They're, they're signing, they're signing the right guys from the indies. I agree with you. Ben Carter is one that should be at the top of their list right now. But I know there's like a whole bidding war that might be going on behind the scenes for him as far as what, with his visa situation. He might he might be able to sign with NXT UK. But um, I, I don't see AEW putting the word draft in anything because it's just going to invite that tribalism. Yeah, no, I can't see uh, AEW doing anything similar to, uh, to obviously be compared to, to WWE in that sense. Justin, you, you were going to say something there. As I said, do you ever not agree with the guest when I'm on? You always have to. Are we teammates? Usually he goes with whoever has a British accent. Now he's going with the guest. No, I'm just kidding. I hear what you guys are saying. <laughs> I agree with both of you indeed. Um, and, of course, the uh, the tag team titles idea all uh, both staying on the same brand idea, which uh, I just stole from Justin a moment ago there. But, uh, yeah, speaking of the draft, in terms of moves that did happen, for anybody that isn't aware, um, we saw guys like Seth Rollins head to SmackDown, uh, AJ Styles go to Raw, uh, Naomi go to Raw, Bianca Belair, SmackDown, uh, the Miz and Morrison Raw, as we mentioned there, Kofi Kingston Woods go to Raw, Um Murphy from Raw to SmackDown, Drew Gulak SmackDown to Raw, Tucker SmackDown to Raw, um, The Fiend going to Raw from SmackDown, and of course the Street Profits, Braun Strowman going back to Raw, Matt Riddle going to Raw, Jeff Hardy going to Raw, Kevin Owens going to SmackDown, um, amongst others there in terms of any Sheamus going to Raw, um, Alistair Black to SmackDown. I hope he gets a, a big opportunity on there um, to do his thing. Um, but one name I did want to bring up on the podcast, of course, was the return of Lars Sullivan on SmackDown um, attacking Jeff Hardy and whoever else was in that match on Friday. And then, of course, being involved on Raw in a similar scenario. Obviously, a lot of controversy comes with his name at this time um obviously with him coming back um i'll start with justin on this one what is your take on lars returning first of all listen if you're gonna go back in history on everybody else if you're gonna look at when lars sullivan whatever the heck his shoot name is when he was a bodybuilder and all of the things that he said that were bigoted, racist, 
um, everything that they, uh, I, I haven't had a chance to look these things up since the last time. And you're going to judge him uh, or, or give him a pass. I'm no way. There's no way. There's, it's just, I don't, I, I don't want to see him. He's not interesting to me. Um, once I, uh, you know, um, he's, he's done his movies. That's his prerogative. That doesn't bother me. But what bothers me is when you can go back into everybody else's social media and pick out what they're saying and hold them accountable and keep them um, from holding a job and doing everything, then it's got to be fair. I don't want anything to do with this guy. Um, I don't want to see him. Uh, yeah, does everybody, I mean, sure, everybody can make up things that everybody else said but from what i had if i'm recalling right the last time we had this there was some stuff brought up when he was on a bodybuilding uh type of platform and he said a lot of things that were not um to mine or anybody else's likings anybody that wants to live in a society where we all are um equal well, i don't want to see him full stop Nuts, absolutely fair indeed. And SP3, of course, when um, when he came back, I mean, when I when I woke up in the morning, I didn't, I didn't watch SmackDown. I was very taken back that he was actually on. Uh, but what was your sort of thinking there with uh, with him returning? Uh, I'll be honest with you. I was watching uh, SmackDown live as it happens, and. I think it was around the the midway point, around like nine o'clock here in uh, New York, and I saw Lloyd Sullivan on my TV, and I was like, "Oh, I think the Laker game is on." So I turned the channel. So that that should tell you one hundred percent my feelings on Lars Sullivan. Um, I get everyone has a past. People make mistakes in their past. You can apologize for your mistakes, but what you do after you apologize and after it's exposed really dictates how I'm going to treat you. Um, we, as we've seen in recent developments that's come out about Lars Sullivan, he hasn't learned that much. He just got um, exposed for making sexual advances at a yoga instructor, uh, instructor online, which the yoga instructor came out and, and, you know, admitted that 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 was the case, that it was a fact, that it wasn't just rumors. So he's getting a lot of heat backstage. And the only reason that he's going to get any type of push is because as we've seen in the past, as we'll see in the future, this man does not care what type of individual you are. All he cares is the, the eye test. If you look good to him, you look like a star to him, you're going to get a push. And unfortunately, Lars Sullivan is a big dude. He's a big sweaty man, and this man loves him some big sweaty man. And Lars Sullivan's gonna get a push. He's not gonna get a push in my WWE, in my or, or my company that I would have. I don't have one, but in this fictional world, if I'm this man, I have to look at the entire spectrum, and that's not the guy that I want out there representing my company. But as we've seen in the past. This man doesn't really care about that, so we have to deal with Lars Sullivan on our TV. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, 
obviously think of the same as you guys there. I don't want to be seeing him anywhere near um, our screens or anything like that. Obviously, um, a bit of the recent stuff that's come to light as well. I, I just can't understand it. I can't fathom why um, anyone with a with any sense back there, even if Vince is wanting, you know, that look, that person on his screen as to why they'd run with this guy. And um, obviously, uh, you know, even other talent as well currently on our screens at the minute, still obviously in a bit of controversy with obviously the recent speaking out movement as well um, on SmackDown and also even on X the UK, there's uh, the guys on there so it's 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 a difficult one to actually uh understand and um hopefully in time they will uh make the right decisions and move forward. So i know it did get a lot of backlash from uh, from fans when it happened but um but yeah what an absolute shame but moving on to something more positive indeed and this is sp 3 segment as he as i know full well has been keeping up to date and been getting up very early um, to watch these. It's the New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax. Can you give us an update as where we are at at this moment in time and who's looking likely to reach the finals this weekend or in the finals this weekend? Yes, we got the final three nights, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, I, I love the G1. Uh, I said this before last time I was on here with you, so I don't really mind my my my... Uh, seven-month-old daughter and son, they wake me up at like 5 a.m. So I think even in their little brains, they're, they they are ready for some G1 action as soon as they wake up in the morning and they make sure I'm up in time. But I, I've been loving this tournament. Um, as far as the A block and the B block, if, you have, if you're not aware with the G1, they're separated in two blocks, 10 competitors. Uh, you have nine different matches where you verse every single other person in the tournament. And the people with the best records based on you know the overall record or sometimes tiebreakers because we all have similar records will go on to the finals, which is going to be Sunday morning. Um, so on the A block, Basically, it's Jay White's tournament to win. Switchblade Jay White, he stands at 6-2. and two. He is in the main event on Friday morning against uh, Tomohiro Ichii. So if he wins, he wins the entire A block uh, because he's defeated Okada, who is also 6-2, and two, as well as Kota Ibushi, who is also 6-2. and two. Um, Kota Ibushi... He can win the A block as well. He needs JY to lose that match against Tomohiro Ishii. He's versus Taishi in the semi-main event. Um, Taishi is the same guy that beat him in the New Japan Cup 2020 just a few months back. So this will be a hard matchup for him. And Taishi's been really, he's been one of the more improved performers in this G1 Climax tournament because I'm not, I wasn't the biggest Taishi fan. I love the gimmick. I love his heel work, but the performer in the ring, I wouldn't put him up there with the competitors that were in the A block, but he's definitely been delivering. So that's going to be a hard matchup for Koto Ibushi. The match that I thought would be the A block finals is going to be in the middle of the show, and that's going to be Kazuka Okada versus Will Ospreay. So Ibushi can win if he beats Taishi and White loses. If White loses and Ibushi loses, if Okada defeats Osprey, he will be the A block winner. Now Osprey has a slim, slim chance. He he needs Ibushi. Uh, he needs Ibushi to lose, and if if 
White loses and Osprey beats Okada, then Osprey would win on tiebreakers because he is tied. He would be tied with Jay White, who he's beaten in the tournament. So it's four guys are in it in the uh, A block, basically, is what I'm trying to say. There's also going to be a great match with Shingo Takagi versus Minoru Suzuki. In my eyes, Shingo's been the MVP of the entire G1. If you if you want a couple of matches to go out and seek. Watch Shingo Takagi versus Will Ospreay from night five of the G1, or Shingo Takagi versus Kota Ibushi from 9-11, or Shingo Takagi versus Kazuka Okada from night 13. Night 13 is the best night of this entire tournament in my eyes. One of the best wrestling shows of the entire show. Uh, over on the B block, Saturday, we got Sonata is versus Evil in the finals. These are former IWGP heavyweight tag team champions together. So Evil is in the lead. If Evil wins, he wins the entire B block and he goes to the finals. So it can we can potentially, it's looking like based on if they just win out, we could get an all Billy Club final with Jay White in the A block and Evil in the B block. And they've been teasing this heavily with backstage uh, interviews with Evil saying that not everybody falls in line with Jay White in the Bullet Club, and Jay White basically being upset with Evil not giving the two sweet to Kenta in their match. So there's been a little bit of teases that there's a power struggle in the Bullet Club, so we could potentially get that. But Sonata seems like he's the guy in the league. I got to shout out my boy from True Hill Heat, Jay News Japan. He was the man that predicted when we did our G1 preview that Sonata would win the entire tournament. He started out 0-3 but has gone on a run. He's won five straight. So if he wins the main event, he wins the entire uh, B block. So it's all on the line in that match. Naito, the IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental champion, could also potentially win. He versus Kenta in the semi-main event, but he needs Evil to lose in the main event if he is going to win. So there's three guys in it in the B block, four guys in it in the A block. There's a little bit of math that you have to do, but this is why I say New Japan Pro Wrestling is the number one promotion for sports-oriented fans. If you want a sports-oriented feel to your wrestling, watch New Japan. Yeah, no, thank you very much for that SP3. A very thorough update indeed. So I've been meaning to try and watch a lot of it. I haven't got around to it, but I'm going to make time this weekend to watch the... Uh, the final few days of the game indeed i will certainly be checking that out and i'll probably be covering the last day on our wrestling travel blog justin you're raising your hand you're going off camera you're doing all sorts of things yeah you know why because if you listen for the last five minutes and you are not subscribed to true heel heat and you don't listen to this man Right over here on my right, as I look at him on my left, I don't know where he is on the screen, but if that's not a public service announcement, and I say it all the time, uh, because they, they bring you the lockdown sessions, True Heel Heat and Wrestling Travel have been, we've been friends since we've met. Uh, it was like an online dating thing. They commented on one of our YouTube videos. But if you are, and I say it all the time, if you've wanted to get into New Japan, and you're like, man, it's hard to, to, to catch up and to get into. This is why you need to subscribe to True Heel Heat. And I know and I would say subscribe to their podcast. And then if you want, subscribe to ours. And the only reason I say that it is I am not putting our podcast down, but I'm raising 
their podcast up and what this man, this guest brings to the table. Uh, like I said, he's he's not a man. He's not a machine. He's somewhere in between. He's got all of your wrestling knowledge. I mean, bro, I, I can't even I can't even say a complete sentence about New Japan before you get off an entire paragraph and explaining to us in plain English that we haven't seen it, what is going on with the G1 Climax. Bro, I, I, I have no idea why people are not listening to you and subscribing. Um, the fact that uh, I'm sure they are, but the fact that they're not coming to you in droves right now blows my mind. So, well, well, if, if they thank you, <laughs> I, I appreciate that, sir. You you know how much I love you guys at Wrestling Travel, uh, Justin with the great lockdown sessions. Danny's been putting in that work with lockdown sessions, so I appreciate that love that you guys gives us. Uh, like he said, definitely, I agree with you. Subscribe to True Hill Heat YouTube channel. But if you already are subscribed to places like Wrestle Talk, it was announced this week. So I'll say it for the first time on air. I haven't even said it on True Hill Heat's YouTube channel yet. But I will be a part of Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily on Wrestle Talk's Wrestle 2 YouTube channel uh, starting next Wednesday, every single week on Wrestle 2. They have over 38,000 subscribers. So hopefully we transfer that over to True Hill Heat as well so we can get some get that wrestling content and then it's also going to transfer over to wrestle wrestling travel because you guys are putting in great work and doing great interviews and getting the talent that i wish i can get <laughs> no, fantastic well we'll stuff. take at least like 17 of the thirty-eight thousand. we'll take them yeah <laughs> No, absolutely fantastic. Uh, moving on from New Japan, this past weekend, of course, was the GCW Collective. Justin was a huge fan of the GCW Collective coming out of the uh, of the weekend. But no, in terms of uh, some of the action there from, obviously, Josh Barnett's blood sport with Moxley and Chris Dickinson, um, all the way um, back to for the culture. Some fantastic events some fantastic matches um sp3 was i right in thinking that you were trying to go a whole day with watching them all have i, have I read that somewhere online yes I, I said i had to squeeze it in in my in my lengthy schedule of watching everything uh, i watched dynamite everything wwe impact wrestling those are what i do weekly uh i've only got through two of the warrior wrestling shows I, I still have it on order on fight tv but i'm making i'm trying to make my way through the collective the only one that i've seen i i can't rave about it anymore is for the culture as an african-american pro wrestling fan it made me so proud to see so many different minorities so many different performers not even based on the color of their skin they are just tremendous i i became a fan of people that i didn't see that often like lee moriarty uh aj gray who put the whole show together he is so talented and has probably the best lariat in professional wrestling he took desmond xavier's head off with a lariat it was crazy uh trisha dora who is the um the i i believe it's the the disatora i think it's a whole pan african champion so she is very talented and the name of her finisher is the lariat tubman 
that's the greatest name for a finisher that I've that I've heard in quite some time. The Lariat Tudman. So there was so many great things, but most of all, I got to see one of my all-time favorites as a kid, the artist formerly known as Flash Funk, to Cold Scorpio at 54 years old against AR Fox, pull out a flip, a flipping leg drop followed by a moonsault leg drop where his whole body went into AR Fox's gut and took all the air out of him. I was amazed by that. For the culture, I can't recommend it anymore. And I've also watched a little bit of Bloodsport, but I haven't got through everything yet. I, I'm going to finish Bloodsport. I'm going to try to get to the spring break, which I heard is like a WrestleMania four-hour length show. So I'm going to try my best to get through that. And as well as Effie's uh, big gay brunch, which is great for the LGBTQ community, putting that together. I love stuff like Folder Culture and Effie's big gay uh, brunch to show you that wrestling, it doesn't matter your sexuality, your race. You, we have some of the best performers in the entire world in professional wrestling, and it's so diverse. So I love shows like that that kind of bring it all together and show you that. Yeah, no, there were some fantastic events, some fantastic matches throughout the uh, the weekend. And of course, Wrestling Travel were uh, proud sponsors of each event there. We appeared uh, before each event in uh, with our uh, announcements and also through the shows on commentary. Um, but Justin, um, any takes from any of the events from the, uh, the collective this weekend? Ricky Morton, Joey Janela, maybe. That was uh, one that was uh, a great one coming out of that. Yeah, that was... Uh... <laughs> yeah, no. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of, of professional wrestling. That's what I'll say. <laughs> I'm, I'm a fan of matches based in believability and credibility uh i am a fan of having a death match or a gimmick match as a result of a blow off at the end of a feud i'm a huge fan of that um i'm a huge fan of respecting the business respecting the fans uh yeah so i imagine um uh, I'm a huge fan of not sticking syringes and skewers in people's heads. I'm a huge fan of not doing that. Um, so I imagine as I fast forward through stuff, that I'm going to find some some great matches uh, and some great talent there. So, yeah. Beautiful. That's, Beautiful. I'm a big fan. Massive. You couldn't start messaging me about it all the weekend. Uh, but Justin, I believe you do have some news for us in involving Ohio Valley Wrestling, a press release that came from them yesterday. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. Um, Ohio Valley Wrestling on November 7th. Uh, they're holding a, uh, a camp. Where there will, I, I can't name, uh, I'm not privy to name uh, some of the people there, but there will be judges, there will be tryouts, and basically some people will be awarded an Ohio Valley Wrestling uh, scholarship with Al Snow's Wrestling Academy. 
Um, they had a press release. They um, are on more and more platforms as we speak. Of course, Ohio Valley Wrestling. Um, if you saw my interview with Al Snow, uh, which aired last week, um, they have an accreditation. Uh, they're not just teaching people. It's not just a pro wrestling school, uh, almost like a trade school. So we are very, very happy to be supporting everything that Ohio Valley Wrestling is doing. Please check them out on Twitter, Facebook, all over. Find out how you can watch Ohio Valley Wrestling where you are uh, because it is just continuing uh, to bring uh, people to the sport that you are going to hear from down the road. You're going to see them on TV. Oh, and uh, I, I won't even get into it. I, I just, some of the stuff the commentators were saying over the weekend, I was very disappointed with. But yeah, please check out the collective. <laughs> still, still thinking about it. I love, I love how PG you were, Justin. <laughs> Well, oh, come on. There are some great athletes and some great professional wrestling going on, and I love it. And I don't hold it to the talent. And I don't want to I don't want to be shunned or yelled at. I'm going to just have my opinion. It's purely my opinion only. But what? I don't and, and I can't it's hard because I can't deny if it's going to put butts in the seats and who am I to say anything about it? It's just in my opinion, if you were going to have a steel cage match or some type of gimmick match, it was at the end of a blow-off. It was, you know, the, the freaking last dance in Atlanta. It was freaking steel cage. It was a lumberjack match. We had to keep these guys together. But we weren't sticking syringes and skewers in each other's heads for for nothing. Um. But is it true that what you'll do in, in your match next month? I believe you brought that to the table, that idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, that's why I just choose to keep my mouth shut. Because anything I say, is I don't want any backlash to go on myself, Wrestling Traveler, True Hill Heat. It's just, it was a lot of wrestling to take in in a short amount of time. Yeah. And there were certain spots where I just, you know, so I don't have a clear, there was... A lot of the highlights and stuff I saw, the wrestling highlights, fantastic. Like uh, having the North against uh, Alex Zane and Blake Christian. Um, what? So for the culture, Sid, SP3, did they have um, like get? Were, how many gimmick matches did they have, or were they straight up pure pro wrestling? Uh, for the most part, it was pure pro wrestling. I think the only gimmick match they really had was um, a, a four-way or five-way Divas match uh, that had that had one of the best entrances that I saw all weekend with Faye Jackson coming out to Sonny's, I know you want me, I know you want me, and two guys on her side. That was That was awesome. I loved every minute of that. Um, that uh, Devin Devin Monroe was a, was a part of that Divas match, and his whole offense was nothing but but uh, SmackDown versus Raw 2006. Uh, insert Divas name right here. Offense the entire match that was great. There was just fun stuff like that. Uh, there wasn't any death matches or anything like the sorts. Like I think you're 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 speaking of. 
And that's not a knock. I mean, I knocked Danny. You've known me for how long? And I knocked that almost on every promotion the night of the death matches. But then again, I go, they're putting asses in seats. Who am I to say anything? I will say our mutual between the three of us. I know we are all fans of Mr. Frank the Clown and Robert oh, Ego Anthony. I'm still trying to figure out if that was a work or a shoot with the cannon to the freaking nuts. But uh, <laughs> I had to laugh about that. I can't wait to see that on Botchamania. Yeah, definitely going to make it on there. Jeez. But, uh, but no, I think all in all, a success for, for GCW Collective, considering obviously uh, the pandemic and everything that's going on at the minute. Um, so obviously thank you to them for bringing us some entertainment. And of course, we were proud to sponsor that uh, yesterday wrestling travel were featured on the impact wrestling press pass with the knockout champion diona perrazzo and the x division champion rohit raju um next week what a card they've got so far lined up sp3 um i'll come to you first are you uh, excited for bound for glory next week i am very excited for uh bound for glory I think that Impact Wrestling have done such a great job of putting that card together. There's multiple matches on this card that I'm looking forward to. I'm one person that, uh, if any criticism, I feel like uh, Impact Wrestling is top to bottom one of the better promotions right now dealing with the pandemic. Um, and every division has its own identity. The only criticism that I had about them is that maybe the main eventers is not as strong as the X division or the tag team division or uh, the women's division, but the knockouts division. But I will say Rich Swan versus Eric Young is one of the best storylines and fused running today. It's been built up ever since Slammiversary where both men returned to the promotion uh, Eric Young took out Rich Swan, had him on the brink of retirement, and Rich Swan's promo work has been has has really rallied the fans of Impact Wrestling behind him. And Eric Young had just uh, chef kiss for how well he has been uh, presenting himself as a dastardly top heel. He is just made every single time I see him out there being the world class maniac. It's like Vizic man. You had this guy on your books for three years, three, four years, and you did nothing with him. Him as the leader of Sanity, even, even you, Triple H, I'm looking at you as well. Him as the leader of Sanity should have been up for an NXT championship, at least during their time in NXT. If they weren't going to do much on the main roster, we already been through that many different times, but... Eric Young, as the leader of Sanity, should have been up for the X, for the NXT Championship because he does such a great job at beating a main event heel. It's just, I'm just, I can't rave about that that storyline anymore any more than I can. But uh, also, Deanna Parraza versus Kylie Ray, that's going to be a great uh, knockouts title matchup. And EC3 versus uh, Moose. Uh, they've done a great job with that feud. The fact that EC3 has had zero matches since his return from Impact Wrestling, they really have made this a very anticipated match for Bound for Glory. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that next uh, next week indeed. And Wrestling Travel will be running a competition for that in line with Fight TV for you to win um, a coach watch uh, Bound for Glory there. Justin... Impact's biggest show of the year. Looking forward to it, my friend. Oh, of course. And just a side note, 
Have either one of you seen Moose live in person? Yes, I've seen him during his time in uh, Ring of Honor. Freaking giant. Yeah. Seen him in the UK twice, I think. Wow. Ridiculous. And I, I got that uh I got that interview for your live tweet, Danny. I was intimidated. I thought he was gonna, you know, but couldn't be a nicer guy. I thought he was gonna tear me in half. But um I know I just got done saying I don't like gimmick matches. What I mean is I don't like um you know the steel cage matches just for the sake of being the death match. But what I'm looking forward to is the four-way tag team match, Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, the North, Madman Fulton and Ace Austin, and the Good Brothers. And I got to say, there's uh, three of these teams that I really, really enjoy watching. Um, and the one that I would rate the lowest that, uh, in that just innovativeness is um, Gallows and Anderson, who I love. But when I'm looking at there's nobody, I, the North, and then any team Alex Shelley is in, I, I'm just excited about. I'm really the way Madman Fulton and Ace work is awesome, and I'm sure I'm gonna love the match and love what the Good Brothers do. But when I'm looking at that that matchup, I'm almost like that that jaded fan who goes, "Listen, the Patriots have won it six times. I want somebody else to win it." That's kind of how I'm looking at like like Gallows and Anderson, unfortunately, from that kind of fan standpoint. So it's not that I don't like them as much as everybody else, but I'm always like. You know, I feel they've gotten the push and everything, but man, what an exciting matchup right there. And then I'm excited for our girl, Kylie Ray, Warrior Wrestling Women's Champion, Kylie Ray, who I will say it again and I will say it for, for all on in 2020, Warrior Wrestling's Championships and Champions, Brian Pillman Jr., currently Trey Miguel, uh, Kylie Ray. I mean, they represented the most important and still is one of the most important um, independent wrestling promotions and titles out there. Really kept things going through the summer of 2020. Um, kept the, they, they were the first ones to bring in so many fans. So I'm really looking forward. Uh, Kylie Ray, of course, defeating Tessa Blanchard for that title during the stadium series, uh, defending it uh, most recently against Impact's own Madison Rain on her final independent thing. Uh, I've been a fan of Impact Wrestling since we sponsored last year's Bond for Glory, which was one, one of the first times I was able to actually see it because, unfortunately, with the TV deal, sometimes it's on, uh, sometimes I couldn't find it. When I watched it live, I was like, this this is a great promotion. Why why am I not seeing it more? And now that you got a chance to if you got to go out of your way to see it, go out of your way to watch Impact Wrestling. That's all I'm saying. And I can't echo your statements on Eric Young enough. Um, EC3 being back in there. I mean, it's. Uh, I'm trying to look at what match I'm going to go to the bathroom on. And unfortunately, I'm going to have to hold it. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. But yeah, Impact Wrestling bound for glory. Next week, I'm sure we will do a sort of preview for that next week. Of course, we'll be covering it on Wrestling Travel as well. Very much looking forward to that. Uh, we do have just a short time left here. Um, so quickly running through the next bits on 
the podcast. So as you can see, running along the bottom of the podcast, I think it's going that way, actually, not this way, uh, WrestleMania 2022 pre-release packages go on sale this Monday through WrestlingTravel.org, available for UK, Ireland, the US, and Canada. Um, so far, we've had nearly a 1,000 sign-ups for people interested in these pre-release packages, but we do only have a limited amount available. So for anybody looking to book on early, um, obviously there's something to look forward to in the near future, 2022, when everything, we hope, will be fantastic and fine by then in the world, then WrestleMania 2022 could be the one for you. No location announced at the moment, um, but of course you'll be getting everything that comes with our WrestleMania packages. And of course, for anybody concerned with anything in regards to COVID-19, um, all travel packages are protected, their financial protection in the UK at all and APTA, and of course elsewhere in the world. So make sure you check that our wrestlingtravel.org right now all the information is there but they do go live this monday 9 a.m uk time so anyone in the us well i mean it'll be available when they wake up i'm sure but uh, yeah make sure you don't miss out on that um justin do you want to give us a quick update on our youtube the lockdown sessions what's been and what's been coming up Absolutely. I'll do that. I think your phone went off. So I'll, I'll do that while you're checking your messages. Um, lockdown sessions has been going awesome. The biggest update that we have is Danny, you are now doing some lockdown sessions over for our UK talent. Now, I don't want to give away any names that I have upcoming that I haven't completed their interviews because as you know, SP3, in the world of interviews, things can change very quickly. I might have one scheduled Later on today and stuff might come up, but I just want to very big names coming down the line. Um, currently, we are going to debut uh, Benjamin King today. We've got Travis Titan uh, coming up. I know you did. Um, I can't even remember who you did today. Lizzie? Lizzie Evo. Yeah. Lizzie Evo. You just did Alexis Falcon. Um, Tonga. Um, some great ones. And what I'm finding out is SB3 in this world of interviews, you got to send emails twice or thrice and even Twitter DMs to get a hold of everybody. Um, it was easier in the summer when wrestling was kind of slowing down, but as the big machine keeps rolling, uh, people's schedules get very, very busy. So we're excited um, for our future lockdown sessions. Yeah. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube, of course, for those and, of course, this week we were due to have the WT quiz, but unfortunately, after last week, Night Entertainment have shut us down uh, for that part of the... Uh, Night uh, Instrumental? No, 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 instrumental. <laughs> Can't even remember the name. But, yeah, make sure you subscribe to Night Instrumental on Spotify, iTunes. And next time we get SP3 on, we'll uh, if you didn't see it last week, we'll give you the... the uh, the instrumentals that you missed out on there. Um, but before we let you go, SP3, can you tell us where we can find True Heel Heat um, and where we can find you, of course? 
Well, yes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at True Heel Heat, as it says underneath here. Of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, we are pushing to that 1K mark, just over about 810 uh, subscribers so far. So we are pushing to that 1K mark. You can find me on all those uh, platforms as well. And of course, like I said earlier, you could find me on Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily starting this Wednesday, October 21st. I'm going to be on the Wrestle2 YouTube channel, a part of Wrestle Talk. Very excited for that. It's a totally interactive chat show. Uh, check out Louis Dangor and Alex McCarthy's Twitter handles, and they have a, a special, a special. A fan-oriented segment that's going to be a part of the show where you can give us a 30-second clip with your most unpopular, as I like to call it, heated opinion about professional wrestling. So definitely become a part of the show <laughs> and give us that 30 seconds, especially you, 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 Justin. We want to hear your unpopular wrestling opinion for sure. But thank you so much, guys, for having me. I'm always happy to be a part of the Wrestling Travel uh, Podcast and your YouTube channel. You guys do great work. And please, guys, like a scrolling down at the bottom, become a part of that WrestleMania 2022. These guys know how to put on a great uh, environment and community for professional wrestling fans. No, thank you very much for that there, SP3. And make sure you do check out all of SP3's work with True Heel Heat Sports Kira and also next Wednesday with uh, Alex McCarthy's big uh, new show there. But that wraps it up for episode 15 of the Wrestling Travel Podcast, broadcast live on Facebook. Um, of course, it will be made available on Spotify, Apple, and all the other platforms where you usually find your podcasts. But again, thank you, SB3. Thank you, Justin. And we'll see you again next week for episode 16. Thank you, guys.